welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage firms in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Perli, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Somya Venkatesat, co-founder and chef at Vitality Foods, a Singapore brand specializing in plant-based food solutions and providing good nutrition for the silver generation of consumers. Many of you may also be familiar with Samya as the fifth runner-up in the first season of MasterChef in Singapore. We'll talk more about all of that shortly, but first of all, hello Samya. Welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi Perli, yeah. thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's really a privilege and honor. It's really great to have you here today. And I think the first thing I'd like to start off with is to get more background from you on your work with Vitality Foods. I mean, we all know that plant-based is growing very rapidly and we know that healthy aging is also becoming a very big topic in the food industry. So do tell us more about these specific products uh, you are planning for this population. Almost two-thirds of the aging population that's going to be in Asia by 2050, right? We definitely see that this is an inevitable trend uh, that we cannot ignore, a demography that needs to be served. And what is most interesting about uh, this demography is that this demography has been changing. If you look at, uh, you know, our elder population, maybe 10 years back, right? Um, uh, there were uh, more people who were just retired, looking after grandchildren, families, etc. But now there's been definitely a shift because of... Um, you know, smaller families and whatever be the reasons, you do see that there are people who are not just retired from their second jobs, mm -hmm. uh, post-retirement jobs are very well-traveled, mm -hmm. have extremely mature yep. palates, very well, global palates, if yep. I may, yep. right? Uh, so the demography is also changed. And we do see that uh, in terms of products and product innovation in this space, mm -hmm. um, there aren't many products mm -hmm. or innovative products being introduced in this space. Yes. As we want to be the next generation of you know, plant-based companies who are focusing on nutrition as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, in terms of products, we want to be playing in the space in the Asian cuisine space. Mm -hmm where all our products address, uh, you know, unmet, uns underserved mm. um, uh, food requirements uh, or product requirements, um, which can help uh, Asian cuisines mm -hmm. and uh, uh, also like serve the Asian palate better. In addition to Singapore, you know, as, as one of the markets with one of the, the largest elderly populations, aging populations, which other markets are you looking at, you know, as having the most potential growth for your business? Right. So now with Vitality Foods, we've already launched four um, uh, of our stock mm -hmm. um, in terms of range. One is the beef, mm -hmm. pork, fish and chicken. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, in terms of the markets, mm -hmm. we definitely want to test our grounds in terms of Singapore mm -hmm. and then grow on to economies like Japan, mm -hmm. South Korea, mm -hmm. Australia, where, of course, we do see a much larger proportion yep. of the, you know, the elderly population mm -hmm. and serve them with uh, products which can, like, address these gaps. What are the main trends, main market drivers that you believe are helping to drive the demand for these products, you know, in Singapore? And, of course, you know, the other markets that you sort of mentioned just now, apart from the elderly population being a huge population in the future. So, it's very interesting. So, when I look at trends, right, I look at it in two uh, in two aspects. 
one is taste trends like for example ingredients right mm -hmm. um for example uh, ginseng mm -hmm. uh, is going to be uh, more a focus in 2023 mm -hmm. because of you know health value for in mm -hmm. terms of taste value etc etc so similarly we we need to look at first flavor and ingredients mm -hmm. and the second thing that you need to look in terms of trends is what are these uh, demography or this elderly population looking for mm. so not only they are looking for like clean labels yep. um, they are looking at like global cuisines mm. and taste flavors which are interesting mm -hmm. which are beyond just yep. what you know they used to yep, in their yep. home because they've traveled quite yep. a bit much more adventurous now correct um, and also what they're also looking at in terms of um, health right mm -hmm. is anti-aging mm. is also looking at um, how I can be more energetic more yep. so you know so it's um, in terms of a segment mm -hmm. it usually an aging population product or product company ends up looking at either dysphagia or you know the ah, rare yes. end or the mm. last mile products mm -hmm. whereas where vitality foods wants to play is in an uh, market segment which mm -hmm. is much earlier the on mm -hmm. than that mm -hmm. where this segment of this population mm -hmm. are looking to be a little bit more adventurous mm -hmm. looking for something new so the more active seniors essentially. that's right do you feel of course at this point that vitality foods focus will remain um solely on the silver generation moving forward i would think not right you know are there, i'm sure there are plans to offer healthier plant-based foods to the wider population in different products and could you tell me a little bit more about that this is a great question, Pearly, because uh, Vitality Foods, when it was, um, you know, formed, mm -hmm. it's essentially towards meeting underserved, undermet mm -hmm. needs of different demographies. Mm -hmm. Of course, the first demography that we want to go ahead and serve is the aging population, mm -hmm. because that's an inevitable bargaining trend that's, yep. you know, there. Uh, but that apart, when you when you look at nutrition, mm -hmm. um, uh, it's still a, quite an underserved market in mm -hmm. terms of different demographics. Yes. So Vitality Foods wants to be known as a food company mm -hmm. that is addressing all these underserved, undermet, um, you know, demographies and needs. So we will have various different products, mm -hmm. you know, targeting different uh, demographies, yeah. age groups, or whatever needs. Mm -hmm. um, going forward. So we mm -hmm. want to essentially be a food company, mm -hmm. a product company that is uh, as far as possible be clean label, mm -hmm. um, completely be natural mm -hmm. because coming from a chef, I think that becomes very critical that, yep. you know, it's not, um, I have nothing against lab produced, but mm -hmm. it's just that as a chef, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you are known to make things from scratch. Yep. Uh, known, known to provide, uh, uh, there's a natural association or correlation between providing that is something wholesome, mm -hmm. made from scratch, etc. We want to kind of deliver on that promise mm -hmm. where we are working towards keeping our products as natural as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. All right, so I guess that brings us nicely into another question I have, which is about your plans for Vitality Foods moving forward from here. You know, where are you planning to go from here? Uh, for Vitality Foods, we definitely want to uh, move. Right now, we are in the B2B space, mm -hmm. and we want to move to the B2C space as mm -hmm. well, uh, where, uh, you know, it becomes easier for us to have conversations mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the demography that we are targeting yep. uh, with the instant products which kind mm -hmm. of address because we do find that there aren't any products really yep. addressing that space. Mm -hmm. So while we are uh, in the B2B space talking to firms, we of course can give them 
even a holistic solution say mm-hmm. for example instead of a stock we can do a noodle a mm. instant noodle or we can do like a congee yep. Yep. Uh, so these are some kind of products that we are planning to get into in terms of b2c as well mm-hmm. so that we can address those needs uh, mm-hmm. because if you look at this demography they are the people who like love going to the market yep. seeing yep. the produce but they can't do it every single day mm-hmm. right yes. mm-hmm. so it really helps if there are products which are addressing mm-hmm. the having them natural nutrition being yep. addressed mm-hmm. with instant products which are still healthy so tapping on the convenience factor that's I right see. okay very cool right thanks for that and i think now i'm going to have to ask the big question here so regarding your experience on master chef you know i'm sure everybody wants to know about that you know i wanted to ask you know how has this crafted you know and paved your way towards creating vitality foods you know what sorts of learnings did you take from that experience to move into food entrepreneurship actually master chef has been one of the most interesting experiences of my life right and i have never shied from saying that mm-hmm. uh, on different platforms um it kind of opened a lot of doors in fnb for me so you mm-hmm. can imagine like uh, after working in a technology firm mm-hmm. and doing marketing for like mm-hmm. donkey years it still doesn't give you the relevance yeah. to talk to an fnb um mm-hmm. a, you know client or a mm-hmm. restaurant or something mm-hmm. the only reason that they've opened doors and like entertain me uh, you know in spite of whatever passion that you might have mm-hmm. is because of mastership mm-hmm. right um and also as a platform what happens when you participate in some a competition like this is because you know the way it's organized the mm-hmm. way it kind of runs mm-hmm. your learning curve is not a curve it's a straight line mm-hmm. right? because when you're envisaging a dish mm-hmm. which you have probably made n number of times right yeah. you cannot serve it the same way in a in a competition yeah. like that mm-hmm. so it kind of pushes you to think out of box mm-hmm. and that out of box thinking also kind of then broadens your horizon in terms of like your capabilities mm-hmm. your yes. learnings mm-hmm. um and also starts uh, helping you see the science behind food and that's mm-hmm. something that you know has always intrigued me um and that's something that i have been able to do much more as a chef now mm-hmm. to understand as to why something why a dish is you know has a chronology yeah. or why a dish is uh cooked in a certain mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. or delivers flavors in yeah. a certain way mm-hmm. you understand ingredients what it lends mm-hmm. at different temperatures at different cooking methods etc mm-hmm. so the competition as a format mm-hmm. kind of is um uh, is a crash course <laughs> uh to kind yeah, of yeah. uh but but that said doesn't mean that you mm. discount the regular course of, of you course, know going of through a culinary course of course there's no comparison to it but what i'm saying is that if you have the passion and you go into a competition like masterchef and you decide to have a lot of fun mm. which i did mm-hmm. uh what essentially happens is you come out with uh, uh um you know as a completely different person mm-hmm. you have new found respect for the fnb pro- profession because mm-hmm. you that's when you really see mm-hmm. that how fnb is such a hard profession mm-hmm. food uh, impacts people in a completely different yes. way and to be able to uh, play a role in it mm-hmm. is extremely gratifying and i think going back even further a little bit you did mention you were in it you were in marketing you know you were with ibm for a while even yes. so i think it was from there right you went on directly into master chef so that's right. and then you formally entered the food sector so i need to ask you know what do you feel took you the most by surprise when you formally sort of stepped into the food industry i think the biggest thing 
you know that took me by surprise in the F&B industry is I had no idea that how hard it is. Okay. <laughs> right when you're doing a corporate job, mm-hmm. you do realize that it's hard and mm-hmm. it eats off your weekends and mm-hmm. it's long hours, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. But F&B is a different ball game altogether mm-hmm. because it's not just your mental or your physical mm-hmm. abilities. it also kind of plays onto your emotions because mm-hmm. food is emotion mm. and uh, you know to be able to put yourself out there yeah. like for example if you are selling a technology or whatever right you do a presentation you put your heart soul whatever into mm-hmm. it and 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 that deal happens you've done a great marketing campaign all these are extremely gratifying uh, milestones mm-hmm. but if you're able to kind of uh, in an f&b setup right mm-hmm. feed an entire restaurant mm-hmm. with uh, you know certain dishes mm-hmm. to highlight certain ingredients that were mm-hmm. lo- gro- locally grown or you know if it's about sustainability you impact them like forever i have had people like you know who've come to my pop-ups mm mm-hmm. after that they have kind of followed me through all my pop ups in mm-hmm. all the restaurants mm-hmm. and you know every time they they've learned something new they they've kind of gained something new yeah, in yeah, their life yeah. you cannot make that kind of an impact in anything else and mm-hmm. that was i think the biggest learning moving from ibm mm-hmm. like a technology company to getting into a sector like fmb mm-hmm. this is a sector for very passionate people yeah. If I you're not imagine. passionate mm-hmm. um and you you are shy about putting your heart on the plate mm-hmm. and like showing yourself off and like yep, yep. you know be vulnerable to emotions mm-hmm. uh, it's not a sector for you. What do you feel has been the sort of biggest difference between your previous career you know and what you are doing now? I must say that there was there's a lot of learning that you get mm-hmm. when you when you worked in all these kind of companies. Mm-hmm. Uh you kind of understand how to organize, how to yep. communicate, how to um uh kind of give a better customer experience, mm. how to organize yourself, yep. how to uh you know run a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of that is something that I can say very safely is things that I have learned in my career, mm-hmm. you know, across all these corporate jobs mm-hmm. that I have done. And that's, you know, some 12 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um so once you have that and then you move on to something where it's more um everything that you put into practice. Yep. right uh you can just take all of that knowledge mm-hmm. and then put it into this mm. right so in terms of a difference um i think one is more about organizing orchestrating mm-hmm. that's where you kind of get your skill sets yep. um your business acumen mm-hmm. and stuff like that and the second part when you're doing an fnb job mm-hmm. is the actual doing it is mm. actually expediting that uh, business acumen yep. so yep. i find that that's the biggest differentiator yep. between mm-hmm. what i was gaining and mm-hmm. you know in the previous career and what i'm gaining from the present one going on from there you know is there anything that you wish you had known when you were starting out you know on this journey moving from the steady desk job into the F&B entrepreneurship you know anything that you might have changed you had you had known this in advance i don't think i would have changed anything mm-hmm. really like i mean i've always loved an adventure mm-hmm. starting from getting married to rajan prabhu which is like an arranged marriage <laughs> oh. yeah so mm-hmm. i i guess i really like the fact that you know when you start something new mm-hmm. um it brings in a lot of excitement and adventure with mm-hmm. it so i don't think i would have changed anything whether it's 
getting married, giving birth, mm-hmm. uh, or like you know participating in MasterChef mm-hmm. or starting Vitality Foods. Mm-hmm. I think each one is a different adventure, mm-hmm. and that is to be cherished. And you do your best, and mm-hmm. uh, you know leave the rest to the universe. Building up on that, on that that very optimistic note, um, do you have any advice for those who are looking to go into food entrepreneurship, like you have, you know, who might be uh, hesitating or debating because they are in a steady career now that they are afraid to give up? I think a couple of things there. One is that go prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of learning that you will get when you start up, uh, and that too in F and B. Focus if if it's F and B. Please understand, it's about food and beverages, mm-hmm. right? So it is about uh, taste. It mm-hmm. is about experience, and that should be the most important mm-hmm. thing when they are developing their products. Yep. Uh, their demography is their god, mm-hmm. and they need to serve the, you know very well. Mm-hmm. So it should not be like you know you create a product and then look for a demography. Mm-hmm. I think the other way around is always better mm-hmm. because then you create a better product mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of scope for better products better mm-hmm. companies to be there in the space mm-hmm. whether it's plant based or not mm-hmm. um there's a lot of scope in terms yep. of innovation uh n- people's needs are changing mm-hmm. so um you know obviously you need newer products to mm-hmm. kind of address those needs and it's a great space to be right now especially mm-hmm. in singapore where mm-hmm. you do have such a nurturing environment yeah. and look at your capabilities if you feel that you uh, it's nice to or perhaps it would be complimentary to have somebody else mm-hmm. to kind of uh, round off all your uh, you know what you would be bringing to the company mm-hmm. have a great team i think these are the most important things mm-hmm. that i would definitely advise mm-hmm. uh, most entrepreneurs who would mm-hmm. want to come into the F&B okay. space while i'm looking at the product i'm looking at all right mm-hmm. what is the mm-hmm. um, you know what are the needs what yep. what kind of customers those aspects i'm taking care mm-hmm. of it's always helpful to kind of you know, to know what are the various expertise that you each yes. of you have and also mm-hmm. like you know just like to have somebody to kind of partner mm-hmm. like i can't do something right now i can't even something as silly as like you know deliver something right <laughs> yeah yeah it it just always helps if it's mm-hmm. a partnership mm-hmm. uh you know the burden is if definitely shared mm-hmm. and it always merits for organizations to start looking to but it's important to have that synergy important to have that faith mm. and it's important to build a team based on that thank you so much for joining me today samya it was so great to have you on the podcast today Thank you so much for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much and thank you also everyone for listening to this podcast as well and I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Navigator Asia, this is Pearly signing off.